Tell me this, whom of you sometimes lack confidence? Just sometimes you find yourself in a place where you're just not all too sure whether it's going to work out the way you hope it works out. Lacking confidence is often um, associated with a couple of issues that I want to go into. But I want to put you, put your attention back on the little rubber band. You see, sometimes when we're trying to reach for things that God has for us, it looks a little scary and it looks a little different from what we're used to. You see, God often asks us to step into new places with him, new understanding of him, new parts, places of relationship with him. And those are sometimes scary, sometimes new. It's unfamiliar ground. But you're never really going to move forward and achieve and hit the mark that God has for you if you refuse to reach a little, if you refuse to allow him to stretch you a little. How many of you feel that, man, I'm, I understand that I'm, I'm ready for God to let me stretch a little bit, okay? So our plan here is to help you guys to get into a healthy place of stretching, okay? If you overstretch, pops. So there is a place of being so zealous that you overdo it. God does not want us to overdo it and overstretch, but there is a place of healthy stretching that actually allows us to go places. Thank you. Normally a lack of confidence sprout from a couple of things. The one is an insecure identity. We know we have an insecure identity when sometimes we're acting overconfident in things. How many of you have seen people that kind of just come into a room and, and they just like kind of take over? Did you know that that's actually most of the time a cover-up for an insecure individual, <laughs> insecure identity? People that always just has to be large and in charge. Um, so often that is a cover-up for a lack of identity, a secure identity. But also sometimes people act dismissive. Like, man, you know, I don't care about that. Oh, man, that's not for me. It's actually just insecurity. So I want to commend you for being here because you know what? New things are very often difficult to become a part of, okay? Um, next week, I'm going to show you a little video clip of what it means to become a part of something new and how movements develop. But for tonight, I want to commend you because you decided to step into something that's completely new, completely not tried before. There's no reviews. There's no ratings you could go and say, hey, has there been others who have tried this and found it to be okay? You had to just step out on a limb based on maybe a little something that somebody had said or maybe some, an invite, maybe a small relationship that's starting to be de developing. And I want to commend you for doing that because that says something about you internally. It does, actually. People who are willing to try new things are, are at some point away at least willing to subject themselves to an unfamiliar environment. They have enough security to say, it's okay, I'll go, I'll check it out. It won't take anything of me. But the reason why it's so often so difficult for new things to be supported is because not the new thing is weird. It's because people are weird. People are just insecure to try new things. They, well, what's this going to say of me if I go? 
How are people going to look at me if I say I'm going to go? And if we keep on living our lives in light of what other people's opinions are going to dictate of us, you know how many awesome things we're going to miss out on? And so I want to encourage you to, to think about your identity. Who are you? Who do you believe you are? And how do you feel about that? The second thing that sometimes gets us to a lack, keeps us from walking into our full confidence is a fear of failure. Fear of not things not working, right? So you try and maybe sometimes you fail the first time and you have failed in something and now you've become so scared that that'll happen again that you don't try anything new again. You don't step out into new things, into uh, unfamiliar territory ever again because you want to you be secure, you want to be safe. A fear of failure sometimes prevents us from walking in full confidence and going the places to places where God wants us to go and growing into whom God wants us to grow into. So you stick to known things. How many of you have found yourself kind of with a proclivity to just kind of stick to known things? No, I don't try new foods at a restaurant because I don't want to have a bad experience and then I paid money for something that I didn't enjoy, right? Where, <laughs> where really there's so many great things to be discovered Meals to be discovered if you would just eat something new every time that you're at a restaurant. But we kind of want to have that security of a guarantee that it's going to be okay. So we just stick to known things. We're afraid things that we try will fail. God wants to break us out of this identity, this identity, lack of secure identity, and this fear of failure. And the last thing I want to talk about tonight that brings us to places there, uh, to, to stop us from moving to places is a lack of preparation. This one's real practical. This one has nothing to do with how you feel or, or things that are going on inside of you. It's just, man, you did not prepare well. And this one is real easy to fix, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> not, 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 not always. Not always. How many of you felt at times that, man, I just, I just can't give it everything. I hold back. When the big moment hits, I, just, I, just, I kind of stagger back a little bit. Or I let somebody else go in front of me. Um, because deep inside me, I know that I've really not put in the time to prepare well for this. So it's like this rubber band. Sometimes we can totally understretch and not achieve anything. Sometimes we overstretch, we get hurt, but God wants us to engage in a healthy stretching, stepping out of our comfort zone, stepping into new things with Him and trusting Him to develop new character, new security, new experiences for us so that we can know him more and achieve more of the purpose that he has for us. So how can we overcome this insecurity and this fear of failure or this lack of preparation and reach our full confidence in our journey ahead? So Gabe spoke last week about accepting your, your uh, walking into your full potential by, by, by looking at what's my purpose. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and, 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 and get into that a little bit more because I believe that one of the keys for me to walk in confidence is actually to understand my calling, to live in my calling. If I understand why I'm here and what I'm supposed to do, it adds one of those building blocks of confidence in my heart and in my mind that no matter when it goes wrong or when it goes rough, this I know, I have been called to do this. And so I will try again, and I will try again, and I will try again until I get it right. 
How many of you know Canva, the design program? Okay, Canva is like, a, oh yeah, Natalie definitely knows that. So Canva is like a web-based um, graphic design program. And uh, um, the people who started it are Australians. Um, and they went to, let me get the story right. Um, they went to a thousand and one investors to ask for startup capital to start their venture. A thousand and one, a thousand times they got people telling them, no, this is not a good idea. They were, they were um, I don't know if they were married or they were just domestic partners. You never know with those Australians. Um, but, sorry, I'm, I'm always going to hop on the Australians because I'm South African. I'm allowed to do that. They're my mortal enemy, so I have to do it. Like, you know, just to be true to my, to my, my calling as a South African, okay? This I am confident in. Even though they beat us now and then, I will continue. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm going to step back from that. Let's leave that one. Put it in a box. All right. Um, they were together. They were a thing. They were an item. They were a deal. I don't know what y'all call it these days. They were it. They were a thing, right? So, um, and people said, look, investors would tell them countless times, we don't fund like partner, partner business ideas. They never work. And there were a hundred other reasons why they said to them, look, no, this is just, not, it's just something that's so out of the ordinary. Who would use it? They don't think, and so they got a thousand no's before somebody said, we'll take a chance on you. Something had to be on the inside of that couple's hearts about this thing that they're developing, that this is what they have to do. This is something that they have to bring to people that gave them the confidence to continue after failure after failure, no after no, to try and get that thing off the ground. Living in our calling is a building block to really understanding what it means to be a confident person in the Lord. So this is kind of like a weird mystical thing, right? What is my destiny? I want you to stop talking about destiny because destiny really denotes a destination, something I have to reach, where really what we need to start talking about is a journey. It's just what happens today that can add, that I can add to what will bring me to where God wants me to go. It's really a journey. It's an everyday thing. And so you can understand now what it is that God wants you to do now. Like last week, we talked about purpose. We talked about God's plan and, 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 and how that just involves his kingdom and helping other people find relationship with God. That's a big part of God's purpose for our lives. Knowing the place that we're supposed to do it in, you are a coach, you are uh, students, you are ball players, your basketball players, your worship leaders. That's my place. That's where I've been put to bring people closer to Jesus and joining my people, joining a people with whom I can do it with. That's some real practical that you can do right now to step right into your calling, to live from calling. But then something about calling that, that helps you to see some little bit about what God wants to do through you, what he wants to achieve through you. So I want to tell you this, that God wants to bring you and show you and, and call you into that. If you don't understand what that is right now, then God wants to call you into it. So listen to what happened to David. David 
How many of you are familiar with the story day of David and Goliath? Okay, so we're not going to talk about David and Goliath today. I just want you to know that that's the David that I'm referring to. He also became king of Israel, right, after a while. So David lived out his calling without fear of missing out. So many of us are struggling with this FOMO deal. Like, I just need a, what a, and, and we're grasping for every other thing that, try, that makes, it looks like something's happening over there. I just want to be involved in it. Why? Because I don't really know where I should be involved in. Look, if you are convicted of where you should be, you don't fear missing out if something happens over there that you're not supposed to be involved in. You don't have any fear of that. And God wants to bring us to that place where we are confident about what he's calling us into. I cannot tell you what it is that God wants to bring you into. It's something that you have to seek out and discover. But if you do a couple of things right, you will be called out. So let's look at David. There came a point in time where a prophet came to David's dad and he wanted to uh, anoint one of David's sons, one of Jesse's sons, the king. And so after he'd looked at all the sons, his response was this. Are these all the sons that you have? He, the prophet Samuel talked to the father, Jesse. And Jesse said, they're still the youngest one. He's tending sheep. He's not. He's tending sheep. Samuel said to him, I mean, look at this. The dad didn't even think of bringing him in, right? That's how last in the line <laughs> David was. And yet Samuel told Jesse, send to get him. We won't continue until he gets there. When it was time for David to step into his calling, for God to reveal to him what it was that he needed to do, God made everything else stand still and he called him up. He called him in. He was not going to continue until he made David king that day. I want to let you know this, that no matter where you are in your life, in your understanding of your calling, if you start taking these steps that are part of this series, you will prepare yourself to be ready for when that time comes when God says to you, this is what I want you to step into. This is how I want you to serve me. Even if you're not a Christian even right now, and you're still trying to figure out for yourself how this whole faith thing fits together, right? Here's what you can know. God values you incredibly much. And that he is going to constantly journey with you, put reminders before you, put you in places like this and environments like this where people can lovingly tell you God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. And he wants to put greatness on you and use you in great ways. But if you are a child of God, that's something that you need to settle in your identity. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. You know the highest, um, the highest title in the kingdom of God is a son. And now I'm not talking about a gender. I'm talking about a, a place of maturity, a place of inheritance. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God, a mature individual, a mature Christian. That's the highest title. If God calls you a son, quote unquote son, you have been incredibly blessed because your identity has come to fruition inside, on the inside of you. You are convicted about who you are. You, are. you don't have to feel like you have to be anything else, anywhere else. And you are a son wherever you go. You're a son on the field. You're a son 
in your social life, you're a son at church, you're a son at work, no matter where you go, you are always a son. Sometimes we, we become so confused about what it is that we're supposed to be doing because we're not settling who we are. Who am I? Am I a child of God or am I a friend of the world? And if I'm trying to do this little dance back and forth to try and please everybody, I will stay confused. I will not ready myself to hear when God is saying, come, and here's where I want you to walk. And so understanding your identity and just doing what, um, uh, living from that full assurance that I am a son of God helps you to prepare for the time when God is going to call you into that place of your purpose. And being a child of God has some really no-brainer things that we do, right? They're, they might seem a little mundane. They might seem a little repetitive and not so exciting. But you know what they're doing? They're preparing you. Think about David. Every day, same routine. Chase the animals to a piece of pasture. Let them eat. When an animal comes that's dangerous, chase the animal away, let the animals eat. When one of the sheep get hurt, just, you know, ta-ta the sheep, make sure he's okay again, and then let the sheep go back and eat. Think of the mundaneness of being a shepherd boy. That's why you have this whole, you know, pr uh, picture in your mind of a shepherd boy just eating a blade of grass, just with his staff, just like, you know, and I think that's why David got busy doing things other than just letting the, feed, letting the sheep feed that actually worked well into his purpose at, at, an, at a point in time. I don't, don't want to get ahead of myself. So don't stagnate in the first understanding of your calling. Each and every one of us are called to be sons of God. You are called to become mature in Christ and you are called to live out your Christian faith in these mundane, simplest of practical ways and as you stay faithful in that God can start moving you into things that will prepare you for what is going to come next see David pursued his calling right where he was he was faithful to what he was appointed okay so right now you've been appointed to something everyone here has been appointed to something and so the point here is to live in your calling now, if you don't have a full understanding of it yet, it means to just be faithful with what you got now. What is in your hand right now? Be faithful with that. It's your studies. It's your sport. It's your job. Even though that job might feel horrible, it might feel so like insignificant, you've been appointed to that. You be faithful in that right now. Because here's something that we can understand. Life is actually more spiritual than, it is, than, we, than, than we make it. You becoming faithful in that mundane job that you just have or being faithful to, to, to study what you need to study and, 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 and get, your, get your degree as you're supposed to get it actually releases a far greater spiritual momentum than you can even imagine. You see, even though the spiritual world is kind of mystical, it's not far. It's right here with us. It's just in an unseen realm. And so our everyday activities actually impact on it, and it impacts on our everyday activities. Staying faithful in the practical means something in the spiritual. It's called character. It's called integrity. 
It's called faithfulness. It's called dependability. And you know what God can do with all those things? Incredible things. And so what you do in the physical matters. It does. So don't just slap dash an assignment. Put your heart into it. Here's what Ephesians 1 verse 4 would tell us. Before the creation of the world, he chose you. He chose you to be holy and perfect in his presence. And because of his love, he already decided to adopt us through Jesus Christ. So that means that God had long before you were even born decided that he wanted you to be his child. And that he was going to make Jesus available to you so that you could become his child. And then when you are his child, that you're going to walk in perfection before him. Not based on your own performance, but based on his grace. He's going to help you with that. He's going to make you holy and perfect through Jesus Christ. That's things that God planned for you way in advance. You don't even have to think whether he did that. It says here that he does that. God has a plan for your life. Absolutely. So pursue that sense of calling as a child of God right now in this season. The second thing to reach our, our full confidence in what God has called us for is to live with character. So, so David then gets anointed, right? The Bible says Samuel pours the oil over his head and everybody's astonished that you know, the youngest get to you know, become king. And, and, and the next, kind of like the next thing that comes after in the story is you see David's back at the sheep. You would think David was now going to be taken to the palace with big fanfare and everything. No, Samuel disappears, and the next minute David is back at the sheep. Imagine this, like, what just happened to me? <laughs> like, this amazing moment, you know, it's like, oh, you see the angels singing, descending from heaven, and the next minute you're like getting a, was that a dream? Because I have a stinky breath sheep just licking my face right now. This must not have been true. That's not in the Bible. That's just me kind of like, you know, just imagining what David must have felt like, you know, now he's, you know, keeping sheep off the cliffs again and, you know, and back to the mundane, back to the mundane. But you know what you see, David, faithful. He goes back and he does it again. He sticks to what God has, has told him to do, uh, what, what, his, what his father has told him to do. He stays faithful um, to what he was appointed. But at the same time, you start seeing David, um, build, his character is being built, Right? And so the story continues. The story continues. Eventually, David um, is called out into, I'm going I'm to flip the story around a little bit. I'm going to come back to something that happened before this happened. But I'm going I'm to go to, the, to, to a part of the story of David where he is now running for his life. He's been um, revealed as this hero, and the people have accepted him, and Saul became jealous of him. Saul was the previous king, and he's trying to kill him. And, uh, and so David is... Um, <laughs> is literally given an opportunity to kill Saul. I don't know if you've heard the story before, but basically Saul goes into a, into a cave to, to poop. And um, it's true. It says it in the Bible. I, I mean, no point in covering it up. Um, and David and them are hiding in the back of the cave, right? And David sneaks up to Saul where he's relieving himself and he has the opportunity. Saul don't see him. He can take him out right there. He has the opportunity. He can become king right there. And the conviction of God hits David. He says, so this is not the way. 
And so instead, David takes a little piece of his robe and he cuts off a little piece of his robe and he retreats back into the darkness. Saul leaves and after he has left, David comes out of the cave. Sorry, before that, he says this to his men. He says to his men, it would be unthinkable for me to raise my hand against his majesty, the Lord's anointed king. David did not not kill Saul for Saul. David, killed not, David did not kill Saul because he wanted to honor God. His character remained intact. So you're going to walk through many seasons where you can, you could potentially start doing something, but you need to make sure that it's God promoting you. And if it takes anything that's not of God to promote you, you better know it's not God. And you say no to that thing until he promotes you, until he does it his way. The Bible also talks about Jesus and just how he was faithful. Think about this. Jesus knew what he came to do from a very early age. Um, like even as far as the Bible records, for as uh, uh, age like 10 or something, he already knew the scriptures and already knew what God called him to do, that he needed to be about his father's business and um, and so all that time, he was just faithfully waiting, faithfully waiting for God to release him to go and do what he came to do. But imagine living, and I could imagine like a, a, you know, a boy growing up, and you know, they get saints here around about, well, really, they only get saints around 25, but uh, I'm just messing with you, okay? <laughs> but as a boy starts understanding what's going on around him here around age four or five. So imagine just 25 years of Jesus just walking around, kind of understanding what he needs to do progressively more and more and not being released to do it. Just patient, just patient, just patient, just patient, just patient. Living in character, living in character. Not taking things in the flesh and trying to make things happen for himself. If we live with character, it builds our confidence in what God wants us to do. When God releases us to do it, and when we start walking into it, man, let me tell you, there is just something about you that propels you. There's a weight behind you. There's a momentum behind you, and that momentum, momentum is called character. 1 Timothy 4.12 says the following, Don't be intimidated by those who are older than you. Simply be the example they need to see. By being faithful, and true in all that you do. Speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. Don't be intimidated by things that are going around you. Other people getting excelled, other people getting promoted, other people stepping into things, people getting jobs, people getting breaks. Don't be intimidated by that. Just remain faithful. Just be an example of faith, love, purity. And remain strong in your faith. And the third thing we need to do if we want to live in full confidence is to, is to not just so not just live, um, live in our calling and live with character, but it's to live from competence. And competence really requires some effort. So David, flipping back to when he went back to the sheep, David was confident because he was competent. When he stood against Goliath, when he had to take an opportunity to stand against Goliath, it wasn't just raw faith. David actually was competent in a couple of things. 
When David were called on to go and calm down the king's nerves, it wasn't just confidence and faith or joy and excitement that brought him into, no, it was actually competence as well. David was faithful in three things. He was faithful in playing the lyre, sort of competent in three things, playing the, the lyre or the lyre, I don't know how you pronounce that, throwing a slingshot and herding sheep. He was competent in all three of those things. And none of those things had any specific applications to being a king. Okay, like, okay, you know, your CV, uh, let me see, uh, um, your, your resume, uh, for, for you're applying for the job of being a king. Okay, let me see. Mm, I don't see a slingshot. Mm, sorry, denied. No, being, throwing a slingshot wasn't part of the requirements for being a king. But David was, was competent in that, Right? He learned that skill well, and that made him confident to respond to opportunity. Killing wild animals, showing himself a confident protector, playing the lyre to calm the king's troubled mind, showing himself to be a confident minister of the presence of God, and killing Goliath shows himself as a confident Israelite, understanding the values of the nation that he would be leading, was all qualities that was actually necessary for him to become the leader that God wanted him to be. But you wouldn't think that playing a guitar would bring him to the place of qualification. So here's what I want to say to you. Live from competence. Start developing skills outside of what you have been appointed to now. What can you develop? Are you good with numbers? Then develop that. Are you good with words? Then develop that. Write songs. Do things beyond what you're just appointed now. Develop skills and become good at them. Because the better you become at them, the more God can use those skills to apply them to opportunity that will lead you to walk into the plan that He has for you. To be able to walk with or walk, live from competence, we need to accept that spirit of excellence that the Holy Spirit really is. Imagine God making everything in the world and calling it good. It's a spirit of excellence. You say, look, I'm going to take a couple of things and I'm going to develop it well. I'm going to make good of this skill. If it's making music, I'm going to do good. I'm going to teach myself how to do it good. If it's writing stories or poems, I'm going to do it good. If it's if it's research, I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about what things that matter. What is it that you can be excel, excellent at beyond what you're currently appointed to? Because let me tell you, God will use that to boost your confidence in the day of opportunity, to break you open into things that you could not have done without it. Colossians 3.17 says, Everything you say or do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Can you put the seal of Jesus on everything that you do? So I'm proud to hand this in with the seal of Jesus. I'm proud to present this with the seal of Jesus to the best of your ability. Excellence doesn't mean that it is the best. It means that it is the best that you could do with your available resources and effort. So let's take a minute right now and I want you to just close your eyes and, and be quiet. And, and this is what we do when we, when we spend quiet time with God. After we've read the Bible for a little bit, and maybe listen to some worship music, 
we always take a minute to just be quiet and listen. If God, through the message board of our mind, doesn't want to post a message for us, and just let us know of some things that He wants us to pay attention to. So right now, I want you to just be quiet and focus on God's inner voice and ask Him, Lord, what is it that you want me to start doing next? Is it that you want me to really commit to walking in my calling and just embrace the mundane things as, as I start building these disciplines into my life? Maybe that's your first step. Maybe God reminds you of something that Gabe said last week. or Maybe it's you realizing, man, I've really not I've really not really stood for something. I've kind of just gone with the flow and maybe it's time that I just start developing a code that I can live by. I start developing character to be faithful to that. Maybe you've not realized how important it is to really develop yourself really invest in skills that you can use to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person in this room tonight. Lord, I know that the Bible says that your calling you never retract your calling. You don't take it back. You don't, you don't change plan. You, you stay on it with us, no matter how long it takes us to grab a hold of it. But I pray, God, that we might choose to grab a hold of it today, not one day, that we might realize that there is something about this journey with Jesus that's going to lead to greatness. That's going to lead to incredible victories and breakthroughs and opportunities that not only is going to benefit us, but is going to glorify you. That's going to make your name famous in this world and show more people how worthy of a God you are to follow. Lord, I pray that we might connect with that, that our hearts might beat with that desire to show, to show your greatness to people around us in everything that we do. I pray this in the name of Jesus.